0: Hey guys, welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. My name is Mary. I am here with Brock and Josh. How are you guys Happy
1: doing today? Happy New Year. It's a welcome back, Mary, because really we've taken a little break it here. Really is. Yes,
0: This is our second season mm. of the Breakdown, um, and so uh, if you have been with us in the last season and maybe you've been waiting a little while, we are officially Back.
2: Let's do it.
0: Yeah, we're really excited about it. If you've never joined us for The Breakdown, we are a podcast where we take a, scripture, a piece of scripture from the Weekend Teaching at Hope Fellowship, and we just break it down. So really simply, we like to just get into God's Word, and hopefully you're going to walk away and be like, okay, I understand what God's Word is saying and how I can actually live that out. And so um, it's a lot of fun, and hopefully that's how you'll walk away from it. I love it. And so um, we started a new series called revival
1: mm. wow that's yeah.
0: fun that's a fun title Th-
1: that evokes some emotions maybe Mary, yeah. from the past Do you have any emotions when you hear the word revival
0: you know i feel like a lot of people have negative connotation when they think of revival so so i kind of come like with two feelings <laughs> i'm like i'm excited but i'm also like cautious mm. you know and i think we all have kind of different experience when we hear or think of revival what about you guys
1: so when i hear the word revival if i think biblically like being revived in my soul that's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. But then when I think about, as a kid, kind of what revival meant in the church, it meant like we were going to have services every night for a week for three or four hours a night. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Ug. <laughs> and then even like some of the expressions of revival, like uh, this evangelist would come in, and we're, we're supposed to act this way. Or, so there's, there's some there's, there's some positive when I think biblically negative when I think about being at the church for hours upon hours when yeah. I wanted to
2: be home playing right. football. I think a
0: lot of people have that experience, especially growing up in certain areas or mm-hmm. church types of churches it makes
2: me think of credence clearwater revival jeremiah was a bullfrog you know what i mean I, he was a good friend of mine he was yeah yeah i didn't grow <laughs> up going to church not until high school but revival is an exciting thing to talk about Yay, yeah
0: awesome cool yeah so i'm excited to get in but really we um john really got into revelation which is a fun book to be jumping into so we're going to be looking at a piece of scripture from there where are we going with that today
1: so as we read this passage, we kind of all left with this idea. I felt like this was a call for all of us to evaluate kind of how we're living out our faith. And that sometimes we think we're living out our faith and we might be moving in the right direction. And this passage kind of says, hey, maybe you're not. Mm-hmm. So, it felt a little uh, like a warning, yeah. kind of like an encouragement, kind of like a call to a different set of action. And so, if you um, have ever read passage where you're kind of wondering where you should go with this, this is one of those passages that kind of leaves that big... That big question, you're like, Am I doing the right thing? And so this helps us kind of navigate that a little bit. So,
0: yeah, yeah. And I feel like we'll kind of as we get into it too, but it's like they were so unaware. Have you ever been like unaware of like you're doing something wrong, but you don't know it? (laughs) You don't know what you don't know kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It kind of has kind of speaks to that too a little bit. So, I'm really excited to get into it.
2: Yeah, let's jump in. You want me to read verse 14? We're in Revelation chapter three, uh, and we're going to start with verse 14. Really cool verse. Um, It says, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen. I love that. That's awesome. The faithful and the true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. Really awesome.
1: So Revelation is a fun book. Uh, Mary, you want to give us any guidance as we jump into Revelation here?
0: <laughs> well, I think there's a kind of a lot to say and a lot of ways, you know, there's a lot of depth because when, like when you hear revival, you, when you hear Revelation, you probably maybe ev- evoke some images yeah, or thoughts, um, but there's a couple kind of things. So first, this is written by John the Beloved. Um, this is John the John that was like, hey, I'm Jesus's mm-hmm. Um
1: yeah, yes.
0: And so uh, he wrote this and um He's writing specifically – I kind of like break it up into two parts, and I think people kind of break it up differently. But what I thought was really interesting about the context of this, especially where we're reading today, is it's to a specific church and a specific situation. And so in this part of Revelation, that context is – easier to pin down, whereas like kind of maybe if you get more into the later parts of Revelation where it's kind of unpacking some imagery and some visions that John has had about the church and what's to come and all of that, um, this is really kind of more straight to the point a little bit, and you kind of get, uh, you feel like you can get your hands around it. That
1: specific church. And I know we're kind of Bible uh, Project homers around here. We love the Bible Project, but I really do think the Bible Project, they did a two-part uh, video series on the book of Revelation. If it's ever been confusing for you, you're like, hey, I'd really like to get a well-rounded perspective of Revelation. It's just really phenomenal. In my opinion, it's the best stuff that's out there mm-hmm. on Revelation, and so if you're, it's always been confusing to you, it might be a good thing to go check out YouTube, the Bible mm-hmm. Project uh, Revelation might be
2: a good thing to do. Did yeah. you say Bible Project Homer?
1: Yes, we are,
2: yeah. What does that mean?
1: So that means that we're – like if you're rooting for a team, every call that goes against you, like, oh, that was a ripoff, or every call that's kind of questioning, like, oh, we should have had that. So Uh you're rooting for the home team, Uh so you don't really see things probably as evaluative as you should because you're a little biased for your home team. So
0: your homework is to get that into – Use it in a a
2: sentence, yeah. Yeah, so. (laughs) Always learning stuff here on The Breakdown, love it. (laughs) Really like Iliad and Homer.
0: (laughs) Is there anything else you guys want to hit on, on Revelation? Because I think we should talk about that context of Laodicea or Laodicea. Yeah. Um, But anything else on Revelation specifically or this type of writing? Only
2: only the other thought I had was when stuff's super contextual, um, it could be easy to try to like, like loophole your way out of it, but there's always principles in scripture mm-hmm. that God wants for all of us. So even though this is a specific letter totally. to a specific church about specific stuff, I mean, it, it's very much relevant and applicable to every one of us today.
0: Yeah, you can't just be like, oh no, that's them. Oh that yeah, that, count. yeah, that was really <laughs> to thing.
1: you. But the other thing about Revelation 2 to consider is a lot of it, it's not so much in this section we're looking at it today, but is what's called apocryphal language, more like symbolic, and yeah. it's not meant to be necessarily taken literally. But this section doesn't necessarily fall into that category because it yeah. is to a specific church. But those Bible project videos really explain kind of the sections and, and how to look at that. So, But one of the things that's cool about Laodicea is is what we can gather from scholars that have looked at Laodicea. It was a very wealthy community. Mm-hmm. It was like a port place this is where all these ships were coming in, so a lot of trading was happening, so there's a lot of money, a lot of gold there. And it also seems like there was a lot of um, sheep what do you what is it? sheep herding there particularly yeah, maybe yeah, and they had good wool yes. i'm not i'm not shepherding shepherding i'm not really versed in the textile there were a lot industry yeah yeah i mean <laughs> i'm familiar with things like polyester gabardine things like that but i really don't know a lot of these other other things but they they would take the wool and somehow either dye it or something like it was black sheep wool kind of they were known known for that and then they also had a medical school there and then one of the things that's really weird—I don't know how scholars maybe found this out—they were also known to be this great place that produced this great eye salve. I didn't know what would you use for a, a salve, or as Mary says, a salve. It, it, it's and so, like,
0: <laughs> is that like the stuff you put your contacts in? I don't
1: solution. think that's a solution. This is like an, an <laughs> ointment. <laughs> ointment. There we go—an an eye <laughs> ointment. It's more fun so to say than it <laughs> oh, yeah. So you anyway, know, they were kind of, kind of, kind of a wealthy community, yeah. and so John's writing to them, or God's writing to them through John, this letter to. Mm-hmm. Pay attention.
0: Yeah, and I think whenever I was kind of reading, I was really intrigued by the information you can find out about this place. But it really seemed like there's this kind of self sufficiency within their within their like economy, even because it talked about that there was a, an earthquake and that after that earthquake, when they needed like help and everything, they didn't get help. They they self funded fixing it. And so it seems like they had like everything they needed in that place economically and in every way they were like, okay, I don't need anything else. I'm, this is a self-sufficient city kind of.
1: Oh, okay. And Josh, wasn't there something, we were talking about this before and it seemed like you knew more about this than we did, about some water source or something that was coming down yeah. in this area?
2: And people may have heard this um, in other kind of uh, examples on this, but there, it was, it's kind of like a sprint, like the springs, like if you've ever been to like hot spring, Arkansas or whatever, where they're kind of known for their medicinal springs that have these kind of healing powers or whatever. And, uh, and so some kind of attribute this, uh, kind of hot, cold, lukewarm uh, language to the fact that they were well known for not only the the springs, but also just kind of the, the quote unquote healing powers of those. And, uh, mm-hmm. and kind of the, Either effectiveness or ineffectiveness, kind of based on the condition of that water. Hmm. So keep that in mind as we as we read. So through waters,
1: this. some salve, yeah. some ointment, <laughs> some, some wool, ointment. some gold. That medical school, they had they had going on. Might come
0: into play. Might <laughs> come into
2: play. Might yeah. As we read on, yeah. <laughs> read on. <laughs> so I'll read I'll read fifteen. I, I do want to go right back to fourteen real quick because it's it's pretty significant that that the one who is the Amen. He's talking about Jesus, who is the faithful and the true witness the beginning of god's new creation is the one about to say all of this right yep. and so uh, amen we know from other parts in scripture it essentially means like that like like it is said like the yes is found in christ um you know when we say amen at the end of like praying that's kind of like you know in christ's name it be done sort of yep. right yep. so jesus is the one saying this and so in 15. so that means is, that
1: he's a trustworthy source these words yeah these john, are words you should be paying attention to
2: yes john is setting a bar of not only righteousness and holiness but like hey listen to what's said because this is this is important this yeah. is a big deal so in 15 i know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And there's a couple of exc- exclamation points in that, in those verses.
1: <laughs> yeah. So here, the water is coming into play already. And, and as we were talking before, it's funny. Like he's talking about lukewarm is not good. You should either be hot or cold. And sometimes we just read into that and say, oh, if you're hot. Water, that means you're good, cold water, bad. But it doesn't really say that, it just says that here's these people that just kind of landed in the middle somewhere. Which that's what he's sings bad. Th- that's what he's saying, yeah. bad. And he's also looking at just starting off, you know, I always read from the NIV. I know that I'm not supposed to do that since we're NL- NLT fans here. But mm-hmm. he says, at verse 15, it says, I know your deeds. And so the deeds are the thing, not just their condition or their feelings about things, but their deeds are the things that are lukewarm. They're not e- either advancing the gospel in terms of encouraging or helping other people or helping out the poor. Their deeds are just kind of neutral. They're not really doing anything. They're Christians, and that's not horrible, but they're just kind of there. They're Mm -hmm. not really advancing the kingdom or doing anything. Uh, It's it's almost like it's an ineffective faith, Mm -hmm. an ineffective Christianity. They're just kind of sitting on it, and it's not really helping other people or advancing the kingdom of God. And so that's what they're being called out for by the trustworthy one, by the amen. He's saying your deeds are just kind of blah. They're just Mm -hmm. kind of lukewarm. And that's not so great, like if you continue that way, because Revelation has this sense of judgment or finality, and like, hey, as I'm as I'm looking at this, that's that's not where I wanted you to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, just this lukewarm; it needs to be advancing the kingdom in some mm-hmm.
2: way. It got me thinking about how uh, whether you think of this as like my personal ministry, or you know, maybe you call it like discipleship, but the two main buckets of that being, I'm um, kind of uh, ministering to, encouraging, building up other Christians and uh, ministering to, serving, uh, being generous with whatever, sharing the gospel with people who are not Christians. And so this kind of hot and cold, whether or not that's what he's talking about, it was it was kind of a neat way for me to start thinking about like, yeah, those are both great things. And the issue here is not one or, of those or the other, but the fact that neither of them are happening.
1: You're just kind of sitting there with your Christian like, Jesus is good.
2: and uh, Waving that, yeah, waving that Christian flag, but not really on either one of those sides. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that as I was kind of reading this, you know, we talk about contentment in scripture and and it kind of being this good thing, right? Like Paul talked about like being content in Christ and all of that. And it's almost like what we're reading here is that this is like the wrong kind. This is not the contentment that's like the contentment in Christ that I'm like satisfied in him. It's like... I'm content in other things I'm not content in him I'm con- I'm content in what I have here you know and so I think that that's just really um that that kind of speaks to me and to probably to our area as well but yeah. that contentment it's like hey you're you're not you're not you're neither oh nor yeah. like you're just
1: <laughs> yeah because they and as we read on here your contentment is in the wrong thing like you said yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not in Jesus and it's yeah. not in this your contentment could be hey I trust in Christ but you know i'm not really doing anything you're just content like eh, i don't need to do anything yeah, to help other people yeah
0: a feeling it's like yeah. oh, i'm, eh, yeah, I'm i got nothing to do here so
2: like another way of saying that even might be if i'm apathetic towards mm-hmm. god or or towards the things of god that could be an indication that i'm finding my contentment in other things yeah. that aren't him or his will or his totally. uh, you know ministry things like that
1: I always like the word apathetic, because if you break it down, it's like, I'm apathetic. Mm.
0: I am apathetic. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) I don't want to be apathetic (laughs) towards God. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it (laughs) sounds cool.
2: Well, so then in verse uh, 17 and 18, uh, the author, he kind of is uh, getting into the weeds a little bit of what this looks like, right? So he continues on uh, really uh, explaining this a little bit further, this kind of lukewarmness. He says, uh, you say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you're a wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Uh, it doesn't hold any punches back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I advise you to buy gold for me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments for me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. Only in a
1: Bible study context can you get away with saying the get word nakedness. That. <laughs> <laughs> All of it. <laughs> nakedness. And so, yeah, so it's really interesting here because they'd really missed the boat in terms of what they're doing. They put their faith, their contentment in the wrong things. And this is where the things we talked about in Laodicea, maybe contextually, it came out, is they were putting their hope in gold and not the gold refined by fire. So they were putting their hope in their wealth and not what God had them. They're, they needed to be clothed in a, in a white robe and they maybe had that black sheep wool kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then also the, the, the eye salve was Mary likes to say (laughs) the eye salve there to put on your eyes. And so like those things, he's almost like God is almost calling those, the author's almost calling out those specific things and saying, you put your hope in these things, but they're actually leading you toward nothing. And you need to put Mm -hmm. your hope in God and what I've asked you to do. So it's like a direct polemic against these specific items. So that's why the context of this seems to add a little richness to this passage.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's, it's, we're about to see that it's pretty gracious that God is like identifying these things because He's saying, "I don't think you want me to spit you out, right?" We brought that up a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. uh, and so as He continues in 19, um, this sounds harsh, but you know we're going to talk about it in a second. He says, "I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference." Look, there's another exclamation point. Stand, uh, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Do you guys, did you guys ever have that
1: painting in your home or in your grandparents' home where it was the door and Jesus was standing at the door knocking? Yes. you remember that painting? Oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't think I knew that that's what was going. I thought he was just at a door. Was <laughs> I it like I was a, like, oh, cool a door.
2: modern like a door he would have on a house today. It kind
1: of had a little more modern look to it, but it still had an older look to it. Mm. But it's kind of the, that's where that comes from, this passage where I stand at the door and knock. Mm. And so here's that. And so we've always interpreted that as like, hey, if you're a non-believer, Jesus is standing at the door and knocking and asking you to come follow him. But And that's not a bad interpretation. But if you really look at the interpretation here, like Josh was saying, he's standing at the door of the believers that had lost their way and saying, hey, I'm calling you to change your ways to repent uh, because you put your faith in the wrong things. And I'm not just abandoning you, abandoning you because you did that. I'm offering you this chance to come back and find the true way, which is looking for true spiritual goal, being clothed in the right things and putting the right balm on your eyes to see the truth. And that's what I'm calling you to do is to have deeds that honor and help other people, like Josh mentioned earlier. And so it's a, really, he's knocking on the door, giving them another chance. Like, yeah. hey, you've missed the boat a little bit here, but I'm knocking and saying, hey, come back to this truth. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me in well, any way from well, this passage. A
0: time when we talk about repentance, it almost also has a negative con it's like, Oh, repentance. Like mm. you're telling me to change or to do something else, you know? And it's kinda like, Hey, don't tell me don't tell me what to do, you know. But it has that really sweet invitation mm-hmm. to it. I think that's really beautiful.
2: Yeah. There's a this keeps bringing to mind a, one of the parables that Jesus tells about the sheep and the goats. And and like I almost every time I read that parable, it's there's a bit of, wow, this is terrifying because you have this huge group of people that are like, Lord, Lord, but, uh, but half of them, it's like, you know, you've, uh, you know, me, you've served me enter into my rest. But the other half is like, I don't know you and you haven't served me with your life. And they're like, what, you know, this and that. And it's a really interesting thing where, uh, in that particular parable, it's kind of like, um, uh, the, that's the result. And, um, and there's like judgment. However, you know, when he was sharing that parable or even here, it's it really is sweet because it's meant to, I think, kind of, especially if we're in the midst of like, like sin or habitual sin or something like that, shake us a little bit so that we can kind of see things for what they are. Like it's gracious that the Lord is pointing these things out so that we can uh, acknowledge it, We can be reminded of his grace. We can turn to him so that, you know, it's his kindness that's meant to lead lead us to repentance, right? And so it it doesn't – it's not just this shameful thing of like, oh, I'm so horrible. It's a worshipful act of while you're so good and and I love you, thank you, and I'm turning away from this and back to you.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful – that's almost like if you were to take a parable and say this letter to the Church of Laodicea, that's a beautiful parable. Yeah. And so if you want to read that, it's in Matthew chapter 25, uh, the parable of the sheep and the goats. And it's really what Jesus is saying here again, like, hey, like your deeds, if you're just saying, oh, yeah, I, I care about the poor or I care about the needy, but I'm not doing anything with it. That's what this is calling it. Hey, you put your hope in the wrong thing. Let's, let's go out and use our faith to make a difference in the world. And let's have effective Christianity where we're making a difference in the lives of other human beings. And so it seems like the church in Laodicea was kind of like that – The the goats in the parable that just were yeah. given up and so that's a beautiful connection so that might be a good a good after the the podcast yeah. bible study yeah.
0: yeah get together with some some buddies <laughs> well <Make it. laughs> i don't know if we're
1: calling a buddy get together for reading the sheep and the goats but that's that's still that still can work there i guess so
2: this this is uh this is all really awesome stuff it, it's potentially heavy it's potentially confusing revelation i think intimidates a lot of people when we start talking about the Lord spitting us out of his mouth and like sin and repentance, uh, you know, a lot of question marks can start popping up. Like one that, that maybe, uh, others are kind of thinking through is like this, t- like I'm supposed to turn from like sin and turn back to God. So it, for me, where my mind goes is like, well, what's the standard? Like, like what's my benchmark? And I know that it's supposed to be Jesus, but what does that even look like? What does that actually practically look like? Uh, uh, and not to mention the fact that it's super easy to let cultural Christianity be the one that's kind of setting that bar for us and not even Jesus, right? And so so that to me is kind of what it feels like we start to have to kind of like navigate. It gets a little murky, uh, what we might call a befuddlement hmm. in this particular case. Yeah,
1: And I think that's why we started this podcast. Because it's so easy to buy into cultural Christianity, what you might hear on TV or from TV preachers or some book or something like that. And it can, it's good. But going back to the scriptures themselves, there seems to be a different level. Mm-hmm. And like you read this, you I mean, I get this from a book, a different level, like, oh, I need to evaluate my life. Is my Christianity kind of just self-serving or are my deeds making a difference? And so even going back to the scriptures and saying, hey, how can I... Uh, have this as a foundation and so just it's a call back to the to the simple truth of the Bible and not let culture kind of define what we're doing
0: yeah totally I think that it's so encouraging too because I know for me like it's it's easy to what we what we say so exegesis is to read what it actually says. Yeah. And eisegesis is to kind of take my own experience or thoughts or our you know culture and put it in there. Beautiful. And I think it's so, so easy to do. We don't think we're doing it. And so I think that is why this is a great tool. Um, so shameless plug, right? We're yeah, yeah. <laughs> promoting here. Not intentionally though, but because truly it is that anchor for us, it helps us kind of differentiate hey and evaluate our lives and see if you know we're really reflecting and are we really is jesus our foundation he's the one we're getting everything from are we looking to our environment our situation our circumstances or culture to guide us
1: yeah i think jesus is knocking on the door of all of our hearts and saying hey that's that's to go back let's evaluate let's make sure we're we're moving in the right direction so it's not a um a chastisement as much as an encouragement to come back to me and he's he's giving the church this chance again
0: That's yeah, awesome. 100%. So um, as we close up our first episode back. Way to oh, go, guys. That was so mm, fun. I love was. that. Uh, I just hope that you guys are encouraged. You know, may- maybe it's kind of redefined how you see um, revelation, repentance, and just this call and this invitation that is so sweet and beautiful that Jesus is inviting you. So I think my challenge to you guys, um, not you guys, me, I mean, you guys me too, and Josh and Brock right yep. in front of me, but anyone listening is just to, you know, take some time this week and just evaluate, look at your life and, and kind of see, like, am I am I being led by what's around me, my circumstances, um, my financial situation, my, my economics, whatever it is, or am I kind of being led by scripture and God's spirit and kind of finding myself in his being led by him? And so that's my encouragement to you guys. I'm glad you joined us and make sure to join us this weekend for a continuation of this series and for the breakdown next week. See, Bye, y'all. See you later. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Breakdown. You know, it's our hope that you've learned something new about God's Word for the sake of knowing God and taking one step in your journey to the center of God's purpose for your life. If you're wanting to keep the discovering going, which we hope you are, you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net slash podcasts or by searching The Breakdown on Spotify or any other streaming platform. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown.